Hello and welcome to Case Reopened. I'm your host, Tyler Treese, and joining me as always is the Duchy of Manitoba, the Princess of the Duchy of Manitoba, Colleen. How are you, Colleen? I'm good. Thanks for the uh, wonderful introduction, the new title. I think what we need to do is come up with, you know, our own gags on the Patreon episodes so that no- none of the regular listens will understand them unless they cough up some dough. Oh, okay, that's the that's the plan. Yeah, so I if mean, you're confused... You're not missing much with this joke, but sure. Oh, they're missing that. a lot. Don't undersell it. You're missing... You'd be laughing right now if you if you had heard... If you actually got what this joke Magic was. Kaido Special 3 coverage ever on the Patreon. I, I assure you, it's very good. Yeah, so if you want to be in on the joke, become a Patreon supporter. You know what? We got two new Patreons, uh... This week. Oh, well, welcome. That's wonderful news. I, I still can't believe anybody would want to be a patron of the show, but thank you guys. Oh, yeah, the, the people love it. People, they, Everybody says you should charge more. Nobody says that. <laughs> but we do have two people to thank. Uh, shout out to Super Nintendo Boy 10 and Crazy for Cartoons 2. Uh, they're both Detective Boy members, so thank you for joining the Patreon. That's so awesome. Colleen, have you ever been crazy for cartoons? Um, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I I do a Detective Conan podcast, so I guess that counts. Do you go cuckoo for cartoons? Cocoa Puffs? <laughs> I don't know. Alright, so we're covering a two-parter. I'm trying to think, for, think of one for anime. Um, hmm. I don't know. Me neither. Never mind. But yes, I am that. So, uh, yeah, so this is uh, episode 163 164 of the anime The Secret of the Moon, the Star, and the Sun, part one and part two. The first part originally aired October 11th, 1999. The hint going into this episode, Colleen, was one yen coin. So get, get ready for that one yen. Yeah, it was super important. We get really, like, money-focused hints uh, this time around. I think the second one's also something to do yeah. with me. Conan introduces the episode. He says, Today's episode is about a treasure hunt on a normal autumn day. The detective boys must figure out the whole answer to the hunt. The answer to the hunt? <laughs> yeah, mean? the answer to the hunt. Okay. Let's do it. So, yeah, this episode is uh, detective boys-focused, but there's no Hybera. Which I thought was really weird. And then I looked this case up. And so, like, the most <laughs> recent cases we've done, they're, like, volume 23, volume 22, volume 21, stuff like that. This case is from all the way back in volume 12. So, for some reason, this case was just never adapted. And they just decided to finally get around to doing it. And instead of just saying, oh, Hybera is sick or something and explaining why she's not here, she's just not, <laughs> never mentioned. Yeah, which is super funny to me um, just because of the last time that she wasn't around, they actually gave an explanation. It was the when they were flying over and like the Shinichi first case uh, thing happened, but they were flying somewhere and they're just like, oh, Hybera and Agasa didn't want to come or I, or Agasa was sick and Hybera was taking care of him but this time around she just didn't get an explanation because she didn't exist 
Yeah, I was kind of lazy, and I'm also very curious as to why this took forever to be adapted. Like, they just skipped over it. They were like, ah, nobody wants to watch this shit. So, and then, What if they forgot about it? Maybe, and eventually they went, ah, maybe people do want to watch this shit. But it's cool that it did finally get adapted. Uh, we need something for the next two weeks, so let's just do this one. The kids ask Agasa if it's true that there's a treasure where they're headed. He says they'll have to use their heads to find it. Conan then privately asks if the treasure is all the toys that Agasa had him buy. And he just tells Shinichi to be quiet. You're always like that. No wonder you don't have a girlfriend, says Shinichi. But lately you've been so generous since you've also recently bought that new car. Maybe you're trying to rob a bank with all this stuff? I did not understand this remark from uh, Conan here. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't get the insult. I don't, I don't get any of this. <laughs> I thought I think it was just a bad translation, I, but maybe I was just so focused in on the car too. I was like, "Oh, so have we not seen his car yet?" And because that car is pretty iconic for Agasa, I feel like we've definitely seen it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know. It was odd. Maybe he got a new car in Volume Twelve. I don't like. It's such an odd thing. This whole episode being adapted when it did. Uh, Agasa then reveals where all the money came from, and he shows Conan a common Yaiba voice changer that he's created for a friend's business. The rest of the kids reveal that they got a voice changer this morning, and they explain how it works. You record your own voice, and then change it into a different one. Conan thinks to himself that's the same as his voice-changing bow tie, and Agasa says Conan has never admired his inventions, and then boasts that it's available worldwide, and he begins to cackle. Uh, so, what do you think about this bow tie, or not bow tie, but the common Yamba voice changer? Pretty cool toy. I thought it was very cool, and I loved how it they incorporated it into the episode later on. Uh, also funny that I'm pretty sure we never see this invention again. So, like the bento box photocopy, no, fax, it was a fax machine. <laughs> this invention just sort of, like, disappears. It's nice to know that Agasa's making some money as well. Absolutely. I just feel like he's he gets uh, introduced into the show for random reasons, but we don't really know what he's up to the rest of the time. Uh, so yeah, I don't think many people are buying a Gasa Fedezob. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, funnily enough, this, uh, I guess it's a adaptation for the anime. I really, I, I enjoyed how they changed into a Yaiba Kaiman Yaiba voice changer because in the manga it was a pen oh okay that's cool so that kind of made more sense maybe why Agasa was creating it for this company like a pen would be a little bit more versatile useful for businessmen but uh this one I don't know I like the spin on it given that uh it's on brand for a detective boys episode yeah that's a fun change uh they arrive at the house which was owned by Agasa's uncle Kurosuke he says that his uncle was very rich and that 50 years ago he had a bunch of treasure but passed away. He's brought the detective boys to help him figure out where the treasure is. Genta's excited to find it and Mitsuhiko remarks that it doesn't seem like Agasa came here earlier and hid the treasure after all uh, because he doesn't see much dust or like dust being clean and stuff. And Ayumi says, didn't I say Agasa's not the type to trick kids? And uh, Agasa's just nervously laughing and Conan is quite enjoying this. While the kids search the cabinets, Conan notices a clock that is stopped exactly at 6.30. Both of the hands are pointing directly down. 
He then spots a painting and asks if the man in it is Kurosuke. Agasa confirms that's him. And Kenan says the fireplace in the painting is the same one in the room. That shows how rich he was as he had somebody come over and paint it. Agasa says the painting was done a year before his uncle died. And that the woman in the painting is Kurosuke's sister who took care of him. He says that she used to teach in the elementary school. And that after his uncle died she left this place and went back home. So no one had come into this house for the past 50 years. So I'm, sh- I'm sure that nobody else has ever come to this house, Colleen, and uh, they'll just find the toys that Gasa hid, and then they'll return home, right? Absolutely. Like, that's probably why they skipped this episode in the first place. They're like, oh, this is such a easy case. Yeah, how do you stretch that to two parts? Huh. Hmm. By we'll adding in a bunch of random Japanese magic, I guess. Oh boy, we'll get to that. So, Conan is surprised how much is still in the house, but Agasa says his uncle's belongings were never touched after his death. He explains that the building is going to be torn down next month, which is why he devised the treasure hunt. Conan decides to help the detective boys on their quest, and says that there's some weird writing underneath his foot. It says, Mozarisa Waso Deru, and Agasa says to himself that it won't be easy to solve even for Shinichi. Agasa then wonders where Conan went, and we see Conan deep in thought after coming out of a room. Agasa brags about his puzzle, and says it took him three days to plan. Conan then changes expressions, and says that if he means the treasure, he's already found it underneath the bed, but he didn't open it. It's too easy. I put a piece of cloth over it, and I pushed it in a little more. So I like how Agasa was talking up his big, his big elaborate uh, trick here, and then Conan just instantly <laughs> figures it out. Yeah, I mean, this whole episode is one dig at Agasa because he took all this time and effort to put together a treasure hunt and then the kids are so much more interested in the other code that they find. Poor Agasa. He's he's had a rough go. What does have Conan confused is that he found a one-yen coin underneath the bed. Agasa says maybe he dropped it, but Conan says it was completely covered in dust. The coin was first released 40 years ago, which is well after Agasa's uncle died. Agasa wonders if somebody broke in, and Conan says that somebody actually lived here for a while. They were a very old, sensitive man, says Conan. Agasa's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) But I thought nobody lived here for the last 50 years. Ah, just an old, sensitive man. Come on. And I love how he knows that he's sensitive. So funny. Very sensitive. Conan tells Agasa to compare the coin with the ones in his pocket. Agasa realizes that it's a much smaller coin, and Conan says that somebody cut a coin with a knife and made it smaller. That's what made him sensitive. The word for country has also been changed on the coin, and it now uses the old version of the word. Since it's like that, they must be an old person, explains Conan. He then says that there's fragments of coin material within the nearby books and a piece of white hair. That means that somebody was living there for a period of time. I'm still not sure why he's sensitive, though. Yeah, so he's explained why he thinks uh, the guy's old. Like, but he, yeah. Maybe he's trying to say he's, like, handy or something. I don't know. I think it might just be a translation issue. Uh, but I, maybe they're trying to say, like, he was craftful, like, skillful with his hands or something. And somehow that turned into sensitive. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, okay. I'd buy that, sure. Mitsuhiko then says he found proof that kids were living here as well. He tells Conan to look at the bottom of the flower vase, and he spots a code featuring moons, stars, and the sun. 
Kenta and Ayumi then said they found similar markings on a candlestick and plates. Must have been done by a really naughty kid, says Ayumi. Agasta finds this all odd, as his uncle didn't have kids, so... What do you think about this code, Colin? Um, I mean, I didn't think it was done by a kid, uh, so... Um, there's that. I mean, it is a little on the childish side with the the symbols, but, uh... I don't know. As we learn, it gets very complicated. Conan then looks at the professor seriously and asks what he knows about the dancing men. It's a pattern of stick figure drawings from a Holmes novel. Conan has no doubt that it's a code as the symbols to the right are the same on each item. Conan then laughs in excitement and says he has absolutely no clue what the code means or this mystery. I'm actually quite excited. The more I don't understand, the more excited I get. It's kind of like me with a Conan episode. I'm like, yeah, I have no clue what's going on. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Yeah, I love how Conan gets so excited at this part. It just, like, shows the... Shows you how um, Shinichi just loves this kind of stuff. I feel like he's more excited about this than solving a murder mystery. Gasa then says that the symbols are familiar, but he can't quite place them. The kids chide Conan for being lazy and ask him to help figure out the code written on the floor. Conan says he doesn't understand <laughs> Mozari so Deru, but the kids usually have the letters being shifted. The kids then shift the letters back and they get Yazi Rusi Wota Dore, which means follow the arrow. So that's some, I guess, our Japanese magic of the day and more to come. Yeah, so Conan solved this like half an hour ago and the kids are just like, you're being so lazy, Conan, you're not helping. The kids run off wildly looking for an arrow, so Conan gives them another hint, saying that they saw an arrow when they first came in. Conan points to the clock, which has both hands down, and he says that it's a working, uh, and he says that a working clock would never be in that position, because the hour hand would have been halfway between the six and the seven at that point. So it was set there by the person who made the puzzle. He glares at Agasa, who just nervously coughs. And the kids then decide to look underneath the clock. And that's where they find a pile of cards with the Ace of Spades being pinned to the table with tacks. Ayumi says the spade must be an arrow. And they're led to a chess set. The chess pieces are also glued. And they are in an arrow shape. So they go inside the room. But they don't see an arrow there. Conan says the person who hid the treasure had the most difficulty in this room. If you look on the top of this table over there, there are three odd markings. That's the proof that something has been placed on this table. Ayumi then finds a toy airplane on the ground, and Conan has her put it on the markings, and then it points to the bed. So Genta looks under the bed, and he spots the treasure. And Agasa remarks that it's odd that the airplane fell to the ground, as it wasn't meant to be there. The kids then open up the box, and they find all that, and they're shocked. They find all these toys and a stuffed animal completely destroyed, and there's a knife sticking out of this cute teddy bear, Colleen. Hmm, the travesty. This is awful. Who would do such a thing? Did you have, like, a stuffed animal as a kid, Colleen? That was like, oh, my teddy weddy, my Manitoba moose. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I did, but it wasn't a teddy bear or a moose. What was it? Um, it was, uh, Simba from Lion King, but, like, as a cub. So, I guess I had a lion cub stuffed animal. Person who hid the treasure just wanted to scare us, says Mitsuhiko. 
However, Conan says that can't be true, as the professor would never do that. He then explains the situation and kind of rats out of Gaza here. And he says that somebody else must have come here after the code was set up, found the toys, and then destroyed them. Conan wonders if the person that destroyed the toys was passing by, or if they were looking for something. Conan then guesses it has something to do with the symbols that they discovered. Maybe there really is actual treasure in the house, he says. And all the kids get super excited. And then Nagasa comes back to the room and he says, Oh, I talked to the police. They believe a thief did it and they'll investigate it tomorrow. And as he says this, we see a shadow outside pass by Agasa's vehicle. This doesn't look good for the kids, Colleen. There's a criminal on the loose. No. And he's targeting Simba's. Very creepy. Oh, no. Don't. Yeah, that, and that teddy bear was like, I think it had a frown or it just looked dead. It didn't even look like it had a happy expression on anymore. Agasa and Conan agree to not mess with the scene any, despite the code being mysterious. And so immediately all the detective boys are, they start searching the room and making a complete mess of everything. Genta says that they're going to discover the real treasure, which causes Conan to yell at them. But once they find another code on a card, uh, Conan gets distracted himself. He's like, ooh, let me see. So he joins in <laughs> and Agas is just like, these kids. Oh my god. Yeah, he's like, Conan, you're just as bad as the rest of them. He really is. He really is. Conan then says that he and Ayumi will be a group, while Genta and Mitsuhiko can search together. I'm surprised that Genta and Mitsuhiko didn't complain here. Why do you get to be with the girl, Missed Conan? opportunity. Yep. He's always trying they, to keep uh, her keep her to himself. Yeah, I'm Mitsuhiko. I'm from the, I just came in from the bathroom. The girl's bathroom. <laughs> from the women's bathroom. The women's bathroom is my favorite place, and I <laughs> bet that's where the treasure is. Thank you, Colleen. I forgot my Mitsuhiko voice. It's been so long since he's been relevant, you know? <laughs> no kidding. It's, he had, like, one line in the last episode. Gasa then hears something and looks outside, but he doesn't see anything. However, we see a man hiding in the bushes. <laughs> How lame does this guy seem? <laughs> like, hiding from a bunch of kids. <laughs> so... They okay. They pull it off and make him a little creepy with the shadow by the car. But now you just have like the bottom of his pant legs sticking out from the bushes. <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's a funny visual. The kids wind up finding ten different codes on a card, a French dictionary, a record, an airplane, a wine glass, a painting, a plate, a candlestick, a flower, and a doll. Gossa says his uncle treasured that doll while he was alive. Conan still doesn't understand the code, though, and wishes he had a longer selection of it. Agasa then remembers that there was a letter with his weird symbols on it that his aunt received. He says she received an unmarked letter five or six years ago that showed him that she showed Agasa. She had received a letter each year and it was written entirely in hiragana. The code was drawn all around the letters as if it was a pattern. Gasa says he couldn't figure it out, so he asked his neighbor, Shinichi's dad, uh, Yusaku Kudo. <laughs> Once he saw the letter, he seemed really excited, Agasa remembers, and he took the letter back in, into his place and came back a few minutes later. He told Agasa to give those letters back to his aunt. This is just too exciting, Professor. You're just like the sun. You always turn my horrible mood around, said Yusaku. So, nice seeing uh, uh, Yusaku and, uh, Agasa interaction. I like seeing that. 
Yeah, I thought the the flashback was really a, a nice touch. Kieran says the code is also written in Hiragana, so that that brief retelling of that story was enough for Conan to start to crack it too, which I liked. And Conan suspects that the same person wrote the code on the letters and these objects. Goss asks why the code was sent to his aunt, and Conan says the sender didn't want any other people to know besides her, and he was likely being chased by someone at the time. Agasa says his aunt often had mail stolen by a strange person, and Conan guesses that the person stealing mail is also who destroyed the toys, so there really is a secret within this house, Conan says, as the episode ends. So what do you think about this uh, first part here? Were you intrigued? I was intrigued enough to watch the second part. Um... Like the I'd hope so. Imagine episode. if you didn't. Imagine how bad this <laughs> podcast would be if you were like, oh, this doesn't interest me. I'm just going to skip the second um, part. Yeah, Tyler can handle it. I'm, Tyler's Tyler's going to tell me how it ends anyway, so I don't need to watch this. You're not um, wrong. Yeah, it was, it was fine. Um, I, I did enjoy the, uh, the stuff with Conan getting excited over the code. It was very like... Uh, I don't know, there's an innocence to it, uh, and it's probably one of the more innocent sides of Shinichi that we get to see when he's cracking codes. Um, The the whole, like, Agasa being... (sighs) Didn't... So the the thing that we were, like, poking fun at at the beginning was Agasa's like, oh, look how much, you know, money I'm making, or, like, look at this job that I just got, but he obviously doesn't have well maybe he just doesn't have the inclination to buy this house like it's gonna get demolished so i don't know if it means anything to him but uh that's one like oddity i guess of this episode although i guess magasa doesn't need another house sure um but yeah there's just like there's like a lot of stuff that was added in that I questioned and later in the second part I don't feel like I got an answer to it like the whole thing with the ant getting the letters uh, but uh, yeah that's more to come in the second part I guess the next kind of hint is $20 bill so uh, more money Colleen oh yeah well that's that's all we ever talk about what did you think of the first part oh yeah I guess I should give an opinion <laughs> um jeez <laughs> I thought it was fine. I was a bit worried about this being stretched into a two-part episode. I didn't think there was, like, a ton of meat to this. But it actually flowed decently. So, like, they pulled that off better than I did. As I said, it kind of felt odd being shoehorned this late into the anime. Just because, like, where's Hibera? They don't explain that any. And it was like, okay, why are they just going on this trip without her? Why? It just seemed oddly placed. I feel like this should have... I wish that the anime had followed the order of the manga a little bit more closely. And it just feels a bit odd for them to do this trip when, you know, it should have happened like a hundred episodes ago. But uh, the 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 case itself is interesting. I like the code. Uh, I like the switch with the, oh, we're going to do this mystery that Agasa did. But, oh, wait, actually, there's an actual mystery. So that's a fun switch. Um, so yeah, I liked it. Uh, it's just, like, basic Detective Boys fun, which we get a lot of with Agasa and them. Didn't really stand out or anything, but I thought this was, like, a, a solid, like, run-of-the-mill Detective Boys episode. Yeah. So, um, did you have any guesses as to where this was going? 
Like, did you, do you rem- did you remember the end? I remembered it. I remembered it pretty well. I remember a lot of the real early manga cases. So this one, I had like full memory of where it was going and everything. Again, this is an old case, so that's why I remember everything so clearly. Yeah, so no real mystery here for me. Did you remember any of it, or did it not really stick with you? Yeah, I I remembered um, the 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 symbols themselves, but I didn't, didn't like I forgot that it uh, stood for hiragana, and I remembered like the end, what they end up finding, but. Um, I'm not 100% sure, and I still am not, of the whole reason behind this case. Um, but yeah, I, I remembered what they found at the end. Conan says, next time it will be decoded finally. And Genta says, no, I got it. Conan goes, huh? And Genta goes, I got it. Okay. I don't got it. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Uh, so between episodes, I want to give some thanks to our big money spenders on the Patreon. Uh, I want to give thanks to Medium Size Jeffrey, Ryan Self, Big Chief Mason, Spencer Young, William Lee. Uh, lots of great Patreon content. Uh, just this month, we cover Yaiba, which is getting kind of kooky and crazy. There's frogmen, and they're licking women with their tongues. <laughs> Case Clothes has a... Some fun dub stuff going on. I don't remember the last case we did. Do you remember, Colleen? Last English case we did? I, it was also a Detective Boys case. With oh, yeah. The, the fish marks here. the spot. With yeah. The fish. Yes. Yeah, some more symbols in Detective Boys. So if you like this episode, let me tell you about that one. It's a good one. Oh, yeah. And the Canadian coins that the Italian people robbed. Craziness. You just wait. That's right. Exciting. <laughs> And then, obviously, Magic Kaido. If you actually want to get the Manitoba joke. <laughs> the Duchy of Manitoba, fully explained in Magic Kaido. Lots of good stuff on the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Case Reopen. Check it out. Or don't. I don't know. It's up to you. Yeah, you don't have to. But uh, we appreciate the support anyways. So, let's move to episode 164. The Secret of the Moon, the Star, and the Sun, part 2. This originally aired October 18th, 1999. Today's case is a treasure hunt. A small hint turns out to be big, says Cannon. So I guess it was a big hint. Huh. All right. All right. So we we jump deep into the Japanese magic here very early on. So we get a recap of the first part. And Mitsuhiko asks Conan how he knows the code is in hiragana. Conan explains that it's easy once you know where to look. Mitsuhiko's one contribution to this episode. Oh, yeah. All of the symbols' forms change except for the black sun, says Conan. The only character that stands by itself in Hiragana is N. The second clue is that all the engraved lines end with the same uh, three symbols. Another clue is the black and white dots on the right side of some symbols. Those likely stand for the Dakuten and Hadakuten. Uh, Genta, thankfully for us, is stupid and he's like, what the hell is that? And Mitsuhiga goes, <laughs> do you not remember this from... Do you not remember this from class? I was too busy in the bathroom, but I looked it up afterwards. So it turns out that the uh, Daku Ten turns the K, T, and S sounds into G, D, and Z. Meanwhile, Handaku Ten are the signs that turn H into P. Well, uh, Ayumi uh, explains the second one, but I was just feeling the I was feeling the uh, Mitsuhiko voice, so I just kept with it. 
<laughs> I, I, I liked how creative they were with uh, explaining the code. And maybe that's why they have Genta around and why they dumb him down every few episodes so that uh, they can actually, you know, slowly explain things to the audience. Yeah, they're like, our audience is going to be as stupid as Genta, so let's just go through this. <laughs> as such, Conan can match the symbols with the corresponding Haragana symbols. They look at the glass first, and Mitsuhiko determines that the four symbols on it become Torampan, which is playing card. The candlestick then means propeller, and they determine that the last three symbols mean look at, so they look at the plane's propeller, which also has a code. That kid becomes look at the oil painting, and with that kid figured out, Conan says it must have been created to hide something important. The kids get excited that they have treasure waiting for them. Agasa asks Conan if he really thinks a treasure is here. Conan isn't sure, but he is certain that something's hidden. I kind of skipped past this, but one funny part was when they were trying to come up with like what the symbols mean. Uh, all of Genta's answers were food-related, which I thought was a nice touch. <laughs> yep. But, uh, it's just on, on brand. It's so Genta of, uh, of him to do that. That's so Genta. My favorite, my favorite TV show. He gets magic powers. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, if Genta had magic powers, oh yeah, I'd watch it. It'd just be him eating eel all the time. It's pro- it would probably be something like Yaiba. <laughs> the plate points them to the vase while the dictionary goes to the fireplace. Meanwhile, the doll says wine glass. Conan's then working to detail each symbol they've figured out, and they have 17 of them done. He then is able to fill out a full translation of the code. The sun, stars, and moon stand for the vows, so they just have to follow the hiragana. The kid eventually points to the fireplace, so they search that. Kenta looks inside, but he doesn't see anything. However, Conan finds another message inside. The kids ask Conan what it says, but he gets a serious look on his face, and he says... Look at the plate. So it's just a loop. Colleen, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, so I um, I had to question here how they even knew which item to start with. Like, they start with yeah. the plate, but they didn't really explain why. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, Genta calls the whole thing a pile of rubbish. However, Conan doesn't believe it's just a joke, and he wonders if he mistranslated the code or what he missed. Gasa tells the kids to clean up the place and put the objects back where they found them. Ayumi is placing items back, and she keeps crossing by Conan repeatedly, and Conan's trying to figure out the true code. And that's when Agasa tells Conan to do something. I, I felt so smart in this one instance where, um, who was it? I can't remember which of the kids was putting back the doll, but they, like, focused in on that for some reason, or... I focused in on, on it, at least on the screen. And the doll was carrying a plate. So I'm like, oh, maybe they were referring to that plate. Like, as if that was oh. the what it was supposed to be. But it had nothing to do with that. So. <laughs> well, I, I think you were very observant and very smart, Colleen. Oh, thanks. It's, at least you, you have nice words for me. Somebody has to. <laughs> so Somebody has to. Yeah, so like the kids earlier, Goss is like, Conan, do something, you lazy kid. Jeez. And that's when <laughs> Conan asks if every single object was in this room uh, before they rearranged it for his trick. Gossa confirms that. 
Conan then follows the order of the items in the room, and it creates a symbol that converges at the center of the room. Conan doesn't see anything strange, though, and then he looks above at a chandelier. So I guess it doesn't matter where you start if you, you know, do it correctly. But yeah, I really don't understand how Conan decided, like, we start at the plate. <laughs> right? Conan tells Agasa to hold Conan up, and he twists the chandelier, which opens up a secret staircase to the attic. As the kids run up the stairs, we see the mysterious man peer in through the window. Conan says something is hidden up there, and the kids rush up. The room is entirely dark, and Agasa then opens a window. <laughs> How secret is this room if there's a damn window right there? Right, like, you could okay. tell from the outside of the house that there's an attic. Yeah, like this this was ridiculous. I can't believe this guy's like I searched this mansion so many times. Like you never <laughs> went on the roof, dude. You never decided to like climb up there. He didn't <sighs> want to get hurt. He could he could break a leg. Ridiculous. Obviously ridiculous. he wasn't dedicated enough. Clearly. Kevin Sparks parts of a one yen coin there and then a tube of oil paint on the ground. Ayumi says something is on the desk. And all three of the kids fall in fear once they see what it is. A skeleton, Hayumi cries out. And we see this dead man with long hair, uh, just completely dead on the desk. What do you think about this old body here? I mean, something had to happen to him to die in that position. It was well, just... Well, he was, he was it right, was odd. Like, he didn't even fall out of the chair or anything. <laughs> Oh, what he did, I'll, I'll tell you later. I'll t- I, I have a hypothesis. Okay, cool. Yeah, a man is on the desk and Cannon says it was the old man that used to hide here. He's the one who whittled the one yin coin and made up the code. Cannon explains. Gasa asks if he was killed, but Conan says he was alive when writing a letter to Gasa's aunt and that he had a weak heart judging by the medication on the desk. So, this is what happened. He's writing a letter to Gasa's aunt. He started getting a bit too horny. This is an old man. So he's getting all worked up. He's like, oh, Gus's aunt, you're so sexy. He was writing a love letter. You're so sexy. I know I only saw you once 35 years ago. And he imagined her without a name. It's Agasa's aunt. <laughs> yeah, Agasa's aunt. You're so sexy. I dream of you every day. I haven't seen a woman in 20 years. Uh, they never explain what I eat. Oh, I'm, in- <laughs> I'm alone in this attic, dying. I actually only stayed here for two weeks because I don't have any food. But I miss you. And oh, your body. That one day I painted you. I know it's 30 years later, but you're still so sexy to me. If I could touch you. And then he died. You got too horny. Horniness. Number one killer in old men. Is that a fact? Yeah, so usually the coroner's office is like, tries to be respectful to the family. So they're like, oh, heart attack. Or they died of old age. Nobody dies from old age. They die from horniness. This is a fact. Every every time an old person dies, horniness is the cause. You heard it here first. You know, there might be some uh, merit to this hypothesis just because we didn't, like his body is, um, you know, in a seating position and uh, his legs are like hidden under the desk. So you can't tell if he has a boner or not. I mean, there's not gonna. Well, he definitely has a boner. He's a skeleton. Aha, did it, dum. But I'm sis. I thought it was a good joke. All right. Uh. It was good. <laughs> I didn't even, like, Jeez. think about that going there. Gasa wonders why the man lived here, and Conan says that somebody came here before his uncle died. 
This old man was actually the painter. Kenan then throws Agasa a $20 bill plate and explains that the old man was asked to make counterfeit money. However, he changed his mind and had to disappear, which he did by hiding in this house. He wrote to Agasa's aunt in code to let her know of the secret part of the house, but somebody else was stealing her mail, likely the man that asked for the counterfeits and destroyed the toys. I don't know how they knew that he'd be mailing letters to Agasa's aunt. <laughs> like, was this dude that right. obsessed with her? He's like, let me tell you about Agasa's aunt. Oh, she's she's 76, <laughs> but let me tell you, she's foxy. Oh. It's like, I Jesus, her old once. man. Never talked to her, though. I never talked to her. But God, she looked good in that painting. Oh. It wasn't even like Titanic-style painting, Rose and Jack. It was just, it was a painting with her brother in there, too. Yeah, imagine how awkward that must have been. It's like, oh, Gossa's aunt, I'm just going to ignore this fat guy here. <laughs> Your brother. <laughs> I'm just going to ignore Gossa's uncle. These uh, people don't Goss's have names. Gossa's <laughs> uh, aunt. Uh. So that's when the criminal walks up the stairs and congratulates Conan. The man said he searched for the mansion for so long, but he never thought there'd be a hidden room because he's an idiot. He thanks the kids, and Conan's about to power up his shoes, and he shoots his gun at him. So this guy means business, Colleen. Yeah, who brings a gun to a abandoned house with toys? This guy's this wacko. Guy. Don't move unless you want to see somebody die, the man says. Besides, if you used your head, you wouldn't have gotten involved in the first place. This man is correct. Agasa had a very good plan. Let's just leave. Leave it to the police. You know, let's get out of here. And instead, they decided to be detectives. Sure, they don't listen to the only adult with them. They just listen to Conan. Conan then looks at his pocket, and the man demands Ayumi grab the plate from Agasa and give it to him. She starts to walk over, and the man readies his gun after saying he'll give Ayumi a nice reward. However, Conan stops Ayumi and tells him to wait a second. I'll give it to you right away, Mr. Akuda Tamaaki. The man's shocked that Conan knows his name, and Conan says he simply asked the skeleton. So Conan's talking to dead people now. I mean, Conan has many skills. He might even know German and French, based on what we learned in this episode. Tamaaki says that it's impossible that it, it's impossible as a dead man can't talk. Conan then tells him to listen closely, as he might hear the voice of his ghost. The man laughs and says there's no way, but he's interrupted by a deep voice that says his name. The man and the kids are both terrified, and the man wastes all of his bullets on the skeleton. He's just repeatedly shooting this dead man. And Conan uses that moment to power up his shoes, and then he kicks the $20 bill plate at him. The man is knocked out, and Conan explains that the ghost was just his common Yaba voice changer. So they got his ass, Colleen. What do you think about the, the big action sequence here? Oh, it was great. Um, like the the whole part where, uh, like the ghost started saying his name, I was like, "Yes, they're bringing in the voice changer." Because I just love that when they introduce something early on in an episode and it comes back later like that. Uh, it's just there's something satisfying about like storytelling that way. Um, yeah, Conan. I mean, his classic powered up shoe kick. It works. Um, the the guy never saw it coming. I guess. Never saw it. Gasa asks how Conan knew his name, and Conan says it was written in code in the letter on the desk. The painter's final letter said, 
Augusta's aunt. I'm so horny. Also, the man who coerced me into this was Okuda Tamaki. Augusta then understands that the man was trying to thank his aunt for letting him stay here. Kerner then asks what happened to Augusta's aunt, and he explains that she died last year at the age of 76. Okay, okay. So, this is the part where I was like, huh? So, he wanted to thank her for letting him stay there, but I don't know if she even agreed to it. Like, did she get those letters that were apparently stolen? Well, she like, got them, part- but she had no clue what the what they said. <laughs> she she probably <laughs> no just kidding. never knew. So, like, I'm to believe that there's this guy hiding in an attic. You don't. We, it's questionable as to how he's getting his food supplies, and he's writing these letters in code to a person who probably can't read the code, thanking them for letting. <laughs> him stay there but she probably had no idea he was there she was probably dead by this point maybe i don't know this was just like it it's so much it's so much more comprehensible to me when you're reading the notes i was like oh okay so that's why like i finished watching this and i was like what was the point of this case like why was the guy there and like why didn't he just like See, when I when uh, he said, oh, yeah, thank you for letting me stay here, I was like, well, why would you hide out in the attic? Why don't you just, like, stay in the rest of the house? Why don't you leave to another area where the weird dude will, like, this guy's not going to follow you everywhere, you know? Like, come on, man. Kenner then uncovers a painting of a woman that's most likely Agassi's aunt. He then says to himself, we'll never know, but maybe there was more than a simple thank you in there. Maybe. He was horny. Yeah, Tyler's got it all figured out, so we'll never know. Like, we know now. We know. We know. After the ending song, Kenan explains that the police arrived and they arrested Tamaki. Gasa drives the tired kids home, who are all sleeping in the back seat. And Agasa says he doesn't understand why Shinichi's father said he was like the son and started calling him Professor Sunshine. Oh, that's a cute nickname. I like that. It is cute, but I don't think he ever uses it again. Conan then explains that it's a play on words. If you write Agasa's name out in the code, it's all three sons. Agasa appreciates it, and we know from the movies that Agasa is a man that appreciates some bad puns, you know? <laughs> right. So this is right up his alley. And he starts to laugh, and he goes, I am Professor Sunshine. He's Professor Imagine Sunshine. Imagine that in a German accent. Oh my god. I'm glad this never got dubbed. <laughs> well, if it actually got animated when it was supposed to, we might have got a dub. Yeah, what a travesty. <laughs> yeah, the next count in 10 is a bunch of puppets. And Ginta says, Next time you're going to see the detective boy's great skills. And Mitsuhika goes, I'm really excited. Are you excited for more detective boys <laughs> next time, Colleen? Ooh boy, sure, why not? <laughs> so what do you think about this two-parter? Um, I thought the plot was confusing, but having talked it out with you, it makes a little bit more sense. Um, overall, it was it was enjoyable enough to watch. Uh, I liked all the character moments, especially between Conan and Agasa when Agasa was calling him Shinichi. Um, that part in the manga was a little bit more exaggerated because the kids actually heard... Uh, Agasa say the, the name Shinichi and they're like what are you talking about who's Shinichi stop mixing up his name his name's Conan so they made like a whole gag out of it but uh, 
for some reason that part was omitted from the anime but uh yeah it was just fun to watch them decipher this code together and uh like to your point earlier i liked how you know it started out as like a simple treasure hunt kind of concept and then they actually discovered that there's something a lot bigger going on here so it was uh i thought it was neatly done that way and it's pretty uh impressive that they created a two-parter out of like a three-chapter case so uh i don't know i don't think they added any more to it it's just it's interesting how so much you needed so much time to explain the the code i guess but uh this was a prime example of japanese magic (laughs) yeah most of that second episode like i was shocked at how quickly i got through the second episode compared to the first and it was because a lot less happens because it's mostly just talking (laughs) about this damn code and uh, at least that was easier uh for my note taking at least um so yeah i like the two-parter uh, it's definitely not one of my favorite cases or anything, but I'm glad it got adapted into the anime. And uh, I enjoyed it overall. There were some good moments, some good laughs. Professor Sunshine's a good moment. I like the change to the common Yaiba thing, now that you mentioned it, rather than just a pen. Uh, because it makes more sense as like a kid's toy. And uh, being branded, it makes why makes sense why Gus is getting all this money here. Yeah. The only advantage to it being a pen in the manga uh, is that I think Conan writes out his, like, his dictionary. I don't know what you want to call it. Like, the little scribbles oh, that he has yeah. with the actual code. So he writes it with that pen, but, I mean, that that's fine. I, I don't miss that. <laughs> so we'll be back next week covering the Disappearing Detective Boys case and the second episode of the Detective Conan drama. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. I I really hope that I enjoy it more than the first one. Um I I might have been a little too harsh oh, on the I hope episode. I hope there's more Takagi. <laughs> right. Or Tagaki. So apologies Tagaki. So we'll see that <laughs> next week. Lots of fun. So we'll see y'all next week. Case reopened. Follow us on Twitter at case underscore reopened. Uh leave us a review on the Apple Podcast if you want. We're on Spotify, all that jazz. Uh, yeah. See you next time. Bye. Bye. And remember, one truth always prevails.